You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Well, welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio, where you might be noticing something be here. different. I do notice something different, different beat. What? Different song? No way. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Try and keep it fresh. I like that. Well, that's a good thing to go through, a good way to go through life, which mm-hmm. that's what we try to do with every episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, is try to stay fresh and up with what's going on with the members of the nation. And the way they let us know what's going on is they give us a call at 214-702-9565, or they can email us feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And we've got a lot of emails in the queue mm-hmm. with some questions and stuff that we're just having trouble getting to. So if you've got something that hasn't been answered and you really want it answered, if you call and leave a voicemail, it gets you to the front of the line. Perfect. And if you're not in the line, call and leave a voicemail with a question you got or a conversation you want to continue or feedback or your slant on a topic we've covered. And then we also ask you to rate and review the show, subscribe, leave comments, help us spread the word that the best sex is in the marriage bed. That's right. So... We're coming up on the end of the early bird registration, by the way. Just one last little bit to say. April 15th, April right? April 15th so is the seven end. seven weeks. Is the Six end. And a half, I'm seven wondering weeks. why you're keeping track of that. I am keeping track of that. <laughs> April 18th is my deadline, right. but we'll, we, I like the 15th too. That's true. So that's when the deadline for the, the reservations at the early bird rate goes away. And so June mm-hmm. 23rd to the 25th, come join us. It's going to be a For fan. the getaway. I think we said that, but we didn't say it was for the getaway. SMR Nation. Getaway in Indy. There you go. Come join us and have a great time with I'm us. all over the place. SMRNation.com forward slash getaway. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation I got to have with Dr. Shalom Levitt, who she actually uh, was a lawyer, went back to school, got her PhD in marriage and family therapy and human development, and now does research studies in the world of marriage and family therapy and sexuality and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And so in the regular version, we're talking about mindfulness and our sexuality and the project she's got going on, on how that enhances everything. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it's all based on her research and research she comes she keeps coming across. Okay. And so you know how I like giving the getting the real data to make our premises based on. Mm-hmm. And so she's an excellent resource for this. And then on the extended version today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smr academy. We get into Another research project project she did, because she's also a schnarchian. Oh, which makes you tingle all over. Yes, that's great. <laughs> it does make me tingle all over. <laughs> You've been married to me a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those that um, she's come across his work, obviously, and then also attachment theory, which we've done some shows in the archives um, where we've had some people on that they are attachment theor- theor- theorists mm-hmm. and the way they work. And so she did some research on uh, what's the difference and which one bears out better in the long run as far as approaches, differentiation or attachment. And it's kind of a fun dialogue. And and you'll dive into, for all the newbies that haven't heard you talking this stuff, you're going to dive into what each of them are, right? We explain it Down to like fifth grade level for me. No promises. All that's coming up on today's show. (laughs) It is an honor to welcome Dr. Shalom Levitt to the show today. She, uh, just a quick bio of Shalom. She has a master's in marriage and family 
in human development and a PhD from Penn State. You're also um, a professor at BYU. Yeah. So you've been doing a lot, girl, because I think I even read in there uh, you went to law school and practiced <laughs> for a while. Yeah. And you have eight children. And so you don't live a calm, slow, easy lifestyle at all. <laughs> No, I'm afraid I have too much energy. So I, uh, I have stuck my finger into many, many pies and it's fun. It's, it's well, a chaotic life, but it's fun. It, it, it sounds like it. And mainly what you're producing is fantastic from, from the stuff I've been reading of you and the, and the things I'm learning that you're a part of and that you're helping move the ball down the field. Um, and so welcome to the show. I'm so excited to, to have this dialogue with you. So I want to jump right in because as we were talking before we started the official part of the show, um, we can have a, a tendency to geek out. And so we'll just we'll be up front. I'll be up front with the audience that that, that, that could be what happens today. Yes. Geek uh, warning. Right. For here. sure. It will happen in the extended content today, <laughs> but may we'll try to keep it a little a little in check during the regular. OK, right? but but you've you've landed um, squarely early on in the in the field, at least you landed in the whole world of mindfulness. Yeah. Um, first, let's talk about how you how you landed there. And then I want to pivot it towards some of the research you've been doing on it and, and what you're learning from it and how that's applicable. Yeah. Uh, with married couples. Thanks. Thanks for opening that up. I had been a sex researcher for a while and um, I was invited to a presentation on mindfulness at Penn State. And um, I attended and I they were really talking about mindfulness in terms of teachers and students and pain management and anxiety management, that sort of thing, which is really kind of the foundational um, areas of research right. uh, with mindfulness. And as I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, this absolutely connects to sexuality. So I went home and started doing some research. I thought for sure someone's already tapped into how these two topics intersect and no one really had, except for Lori Brado, yep. uh, who's a Canadian researcher. I'm sure you're familiar with She's her. She's been on the show a couple of times. Awesome. <laughs> she had done some work mm -hmm. on how just daily mindfulness might impact your sexual experience, right? It mm -hmm. might help you kind of reduce anxiety. And so as I was, and I talked to her, uh, you know, in the in the, uh, you know, coming weeks and months that I was thinking about this. And um, I said, but how mindful are we during sex? Right. Cause that's a very different thing. Absolutely. And as I'm, you know, eating my breakfast or talking to my kids or walking across campus, it's easy for me, easier anyway, for me to be mindful in those settings. than when I'm being super vulnerable and intimate and naked mm -hmm. with my husband, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking those are different worlds. So if I could create a measure that looked at how mindful were people during those sexual experiences where we have heightened anxiety, we're more critical of our body, yep. maybe critical of just everything about the experience, that might tell us a lot about what is driving good experiences in sex and maybe contributing to some bad experiences in sex. Okay. So that's how we started. Okay. And so from that, 
what are you figuring out? What's, what's jumping out that we've, uh, we, we only have a certain amount of time. So we might have to extend this over a whole bunch of shows in the long, in the okay, future, yeah. but um, <laughs> at, at just a higher level, first glance, what are you finding from this? Cause I, I'm fascinated by the idea of, you know, I, I frame it like we were talking beforehand with uh, the Schnars training and his terminology yes. of, I frame it, we have sex up to the level of anxiety we can tolerate because there's Absolutely. so much going on that That's I'm not right. at all mindful of myself because it's all being interwoven with everything else and I'm uncomfortable yeah. or nervous or awkward. And so, so what are you finding from, from this, this project or this study? Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad you, you made that connection because truthfully we can only be as intimate as our anxiety level will allow us to be mm-hmm. right. I think Esther Perel says a lot about that. Yep. We have to, we have to be able to sit with our anxiety and just be curious about it and say, why is it that I'm pulling back from my partner right now um, instead of leaning in and being more disclosing, more vulnerable, more uh, curious about what's going on between the two of us. And what we find is that, you know, we, we lack mindfulness during sex and what's, and I'm just going to say this, and then we'll have to dive into this in another setting maybe, but men, at least in our research, and we've had a number of samples, um, some nationally representative, but men tend to be more sexually mindful than women. And that this makes sense to me okay. when I think about it a little further. Men are much more think about one topic at a time, right? Right. Where women are far more integrated in their yep. lives. Yep. And so that's great in many settings. It really benefits women in a number of settings. But in sex, that does not benefit us. No. And so what we see is some other, another body of research shows us that women disconnect from their body, right? And so we may actually be feeling arousal physically, but mentally it's not registering. We're saying, you know, and they've done research on this where women will be showing signs, you know, of of heightened arousal. And yet they'll say, okay, how aroused are you? And they'll say, yeah, not at all. (laughs) But physically the signs are all there. But physically, right. We're seeing more blood flow. They're having more lubrication. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are indicating that, yeah, your body's feeling arousal, but for some reason it's not connecting here. So we have this disconnect. This is where mindfulness is so powerful. How so? Because women can start to actually get in touch with their bodies. Okay. Help their mind actually connect to their body. That's what mindfulness is, right? It's a mind, body, heart connection. Mm -hmm. And so when we practice that outside of sex, so we, we start to develop some skills with learning what this feels like, learning how I disconnect, learning how to bring myself back into focusing on my breath, being in touch with my body. Mm-hmm. When I do that in my everyday regular life, then I transfer that to sex. I'm still going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And so what our sexual mindfulness project does is actually goes through with couples ways, kind of strategies, some exercises, ways to interact that might help support each of them in becoming more mindful, even during sex, when we have heightened anxiety, mm-hmm heightened critic you know criticism of ourselves 
and each other, you know, because how often do we we read something that changes in the dynamic and I can either go blind to it and act like I didn't see it, which is what a lot of couples wind up doing, not necessarily consciously, but it is that whole, yeah, I just saw that they just checked out there, but I don't care because I'm enjoying this and I'm going to keep going, even though back deep down, I'm like, I really want to do this while we're really connected. So now I'm in an incongruent too. So I just see it as there's such power and profoundness that people think I think they need to recognize as I'm hearing you talk that if my partner, because here's, here's where I hear this Shalom is this idea that couples in large part are going to say what I want in my sex life is a deeper, real connection in it. I don't just want the functional, get the yep, job. For sure. Done, right? the that's mechanic. not for the long, that's not for the long haul, right? Yeah. That's what Shnars would refer to. I want to move from the functional to the blessed few. Right. That's that I want to yes. really taste the essence of my partner. Yep. Which means they'll get the chance to taste mine too, which we both have to then show up for that. Yeah, that's right. And, and in reality, yeah, absolutely. We suck at it in a lot yeah. of ways at times <laughs> because I can't, I get distracted. I get disconnected. I lose it. Something, I pull a muscle, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something, yeah. you know, because all that's that vicious sex there, all that stuff. <laughs> well, it's also getting older, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not you, of course, but, uh, but for me, absolutely. <laughs> sure, um, right. But it, it's, it's recognizing that, okay, so if I'm, if I'm the one that's striving for that deeper connection, I want that mindful sex level, right? And I want that from my partner. I have to realize their route to get to it is going to be disruptive to me in the short term. It could be. Yeah. And, and likely will be. You're right. right. Because they, they're, if they're handling themselves better, yeah. That's not just playing a role anymore. No, nope. that's not just going to okay. challenge you. Yeah. That's a speak up and say, hold on. <laughs> I just lost it. Or that's a breathing differently yes. to really be involved in it. And if we're paying attention, which I think most couples need to, because it's there, that's going to disrupt things. It's going to, yes. it's going to derail things for the short term. That's right. That's right. But only for the short term. Right. right? And we're aiming for something far better, far deeper. You reminded me of something that Schnarch liked to talk about was eyes wide open sex, right? Where we're really, instead of closing our eyes and being in our own world during sex, mindful, being sexually mindful is paying attention, Mm -hmm. paying attention to the details of what's going on in my body, but also what's going on in our interaction. Right. And, uh, and so that's eyes wide open sex. Mm -hmm. That's really Paying, being aware at a level that we're not, uh, you know, we, we often don't create a habit of that. And so we kind of get into this mechanical routine sex where we know, you know, the steps we need to take. Yep. And instead of really being present and, and uh, interacting with that in, in a vulnerable way, we just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get the job done. Achieve the goal, right? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, yeah. let's talk. Let's talk real, because that's it's true. That's no, what you're right. In married sex, for sure. Yeah. Not that that's not still pleasurable in a sense, because I think there's a component of why people yes. still settle, and I'm using that word intentionally for it, because they don't realize what else could be, but they also can be scared of what else could be. Yeah. And I'm not here promoting that every single experience you have has to be mind blowing. I think that the routine sex also plays a very important role. 
And in fact, we know in our research that couples who haven't had sex and we make the cutoff at like 30 days or longer, okay. if you haven't had sex in the last month, something else might be at play. And so we need to take account for that. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, because that's a variable sex, that's that's going to be impactful. Important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, no, I, I I get it. I think we're speaking the same thing because there Absolutely. is an element of keeping something sustained and and present. Yeah, it, it always isn't the penultimate <laughs> event, exactly. Right, because yeah. sometimes it is just no. This is functional. That's where I've said on the show several times in the past. You know, I've I get mileage out of the phrase to my wife of hey. Can I interest you in a little bit of mediocre to moderate level sex? You know, because we just don't have the <laughs> energy or I don't have the energy and I'm reading her as the same, mm -hmm. but it, we still have a possibility of some tender connection or some yeah. love, you know, and it's, yep. it's just not a huge drawn out thing. Yeah. I love that. Okay. It's very, very important. So with this research in the, in the sexual mindfulness project, um, one of the things that jumped out is men can have better at this in a, in a better is the wrong word. It's different for them on a likelihood of getting it versus women because of the biology in some regards, uh, at least okay. naturally on the, on I'll the research. Say initially that's true. Thank yeah. you. Initially the clarification. That's true. Okay. Is yeah. there other and things? Women, yeah. So women have a much steeper increase. Once women have gone through this training, women catch up to men really quick because all women need is just to be given permission, unfortunately, <laughs> given permission to be a little self-indulgent. And sometimes okay. you know, women are so other focused, mm -hmm. which is really a beautiful thing that men can learn from. Mm -hmm. But women can learn from men to be a little self-focused sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's important, especially in sexuality. Um, we can't really connect with our body and under, and, and, fully experience that pleasure and the sensation, which then contributes to our interaction with our partner, right? If we're not enjoying it, they're going to enjoy it less as well. Right. So it's important to kind of tune into yourself and know what you're experiencing. And, and what is it that makes that such a difficult thing? You, you alluded to, maybe there's a little bit of the nature nurture of a woman, but is there, are there other components that you have found? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because women have been socialized and, and we could go on, you know, for another session on how men have been socialized in ways that are, that are, you know, a drawback to marriage, yep. but women have been socialized to kind of feel like they're not supposed to enjoy sex or they're, they're giving sex to their husband as kind of this duty and especially religious women, right? right. We, we kind of have tamped down our sexuality in a way that I don't think God ever intended. Right. He wants us to fully embrace this beautiful part of how we're built. And uh, so once women have permission to do that, they grab holes. They understand they're hungry for this. Mm -hmm. And it's just a few, you know, practicing mindfulness outside of sex sort of, you know, ideas, and then some specific ways to practice mindfulness during sex. And I, I think that both men and women really embrace this as a way to have that deeper connection 
kind of go into sex with their eyes wide open where mm -hmm. they hadn't known that was important. It's interesting to me how many people after they've gone through this, you know, training will say, I had no idea that just these little things would make such a big difference. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's that element of if, if what I'm doing already is functional in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's not usually a, usually a huge leap to get to the deeper or the profound because it's not technique, right? It's no. <laughs> in the sense of, oh, we were doing sex wrong, technically yeah. speaking. <laughs> we need a new position. Right. I didn't realize <laughs> penis and vagina. Oh, hold on. It's okay. Oh, yeah. No, it's not that. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the whole, who are you? And how yes. are you showing up? How are you following connections? This is where I've loved Schnarch's terminology of that, that deeper follow the connection, that deeper eyes open, uh, meeting yeah. each other behind the eyeballs, you yep. know, that whole concept of showing something so much more profound on, on a moment of meeting with each other. Yeah. There's one other little bit of research that you just reminded me of um, as you were talking uh, Peggy Kleinplatz, who's also a Canadian uh, researcher, has an article called Optimal Sexuality. Mm -hmm. And um, you've probably read it. And she talks about how the really important things for getting this connection that you're uh, referring to has nothing to do with orgasm or the chemistry you feel between the two of you or even, you know, initial arousal, right? What it really has to do with is deeply communicating and being vulnerable and seeing each other with kind of fresh eyes each time so that you're not pigeonholing your partner into a role that they generally play, right? But, you know, they may not want to play it right now. Right. And so it's kind of this newness, this constant kind of transcendence of what the normal, the mundane is and allowing the two of you to connect on this much higher level. Yeah, no. And so I love that. That, that, that's, that's awesome because I think that's that element uh, that, that leads a question to me to, before we kind of rat, wind down this segment yeah. of um, what, so if, if you've been doing some deep dive into the idea of sexual mindfulness and how connected are you with yourself and the moment and, and breathing through all of it, because this isn't, again, you, you probably know full well, we have a tendency to go to extremes, which means, well, I'm going to be mindful. So I'm just going to focus on the sensations, but that's not all the story, right? No. There's, there's more, no. there's more going on. Cause that's, that's the sensate focus to an extreme. Yes. Isn't helpful for the relationship. Yes. It can be helpful for you to maybe jumpstart something but it's not a relational dynamic as much as it is an individual. And so how does what you have found and what, what else you've also come across, how does this, if you take the sexual dynamic into the day-to-day, -day, because I think in marriage, one of the components I would love to see couples get better at is bring the sexual more to an undercurrent throughout the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, for sure. Right? So it's an element of our dynamic that's at play. There's an energy or a charge there. And it's not about arousal necessarily. It's kind of, I've, I've termed it as it's foreplay for foreplay. Yeah. Right? It's, it's creating 
a threshold that gets it a little closer to where when you get the chance in the moments to transition, you're already a little more there. Yeah, exactly. How does mindfulness play in to that? I mean, that seems like a logical, easy, well, just be mindful in everything, but is there something else? (laughs) For sure. Um, Well, you know, I I like what you were describing because really I think good sex at night begins at two in the afternoon or even earlier than that, right? Because we're interacting with our partner. We're showing that we care about their Mm -hmm. needs, their emotions. So what I think how mindfulness plays a part in that is you start noticing details about your interactions that you hadn't noticed before. Okay. You notice that little sigh that your spouse gives that you usually just ignore or didn't even hear. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe that means, you know, I've had a rough day. I'm, I'm operating at 60%. So maybe you up your game and take over some of the responsibilities of children or dishes or taking Mm -hmm. out the trash. And, and that is a dynamic between the two of you that um, is far deeper. Although sex isn't everything, it should be infused into every aspect of our relationship. Right. And so I think what that does is saying, I'm going to be generous in this non-sexual environment so Mm -hmm. that we can both be generous in a sexual interaction. Yeah. I I think the biggest aphrodisiac there is in married life when it comes to sex is the character of the people. Yeah. on, On how they carry themselves in every aspect. That it's not necessarily it's it's you know this you, this is an aside in a sense from way back when Sex Image Radio first started. My wife, um, I mentioned to you, you know she wasn't the co-host like she is now. Yeah, I made a comment at one point where I was I said to in, in a show I'm always looking to close, right? It was just kind of a, a a statement, right? And it's not an overt. I'm always looking for a sexual moment. It was more mm-hmm. now that I look back on that statement, it was more it's on my mind and there's moves being made, but it's not necessarily for that particular moment. You know, I could make a statement that I hope comes into fruition in three days. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it's yeah. a dynamic and it's a component. But when Pam heard that she stopped listening to the show for a while because she started reading everything I was just doing normally as, Oh, he just is after sex for that. He took the trash out because he's looking for sex tonight. He's doing this because and it made her have to re- rewire or as Schnarch would say, remap. Yeah. Okay, what does this really mean? And so it took her three or four months before she started listening again. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay. But a lot of that, I think, is just that element of there's a language that goes on in marriage that goes on nowhere else. Yes. Yep. And, and it's difficult because it can derail things ver- instead of seeing it like you're describing. Hold on. How am I just engaging with me and the dynamic, but also with me? Because I think we that's where we get off balance when you think of, I put too much stock in what I'm reading rather than, wait, who am I in this process? Where am I in this yeah. process? What's coming up for me in this process? How yeah, do I exactly. get more engaged and more involved? Well, and I think, you know, maybe what part of what was happening uh, with your wife, with Pam, was that she had to think about what does that mean if he did always think about sex or always think about every interaction with me as having some overtone of sex. And so maybe that took her some, uh, a process where she had to work through what is, what is, what does that mean to me? What did, what message did I bring and put on that? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's why 
marriage is so important Mm -hmm. is because we care about this person enough to dig down in the weeds of our own head and work out some of these things that need to be worked through. Mm -hmm. Where else would we do this? If we were hopping from partner to partner, we would never have to be faced with that crucible, you know, that, that schnarch. You get, you get out of it before it gets too difficult. That's right. That's right. Which is also, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and, and sex is really the microscope on that relationship. Sex really hones in. If, you know, I, I like Esther Perel says it this way. She says, tell me the kind of lover you are. And I will tell you the kind of person you are. Yeah. Um, because really, are we generous as lovers? Are we insightful? Do we pay attention? Yep. And, and if we don't in sex, my guess is you're avoiding things out in your yep. regular Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Shalom, this has been fantastic. And I'm, I'm so more excited to get geeking out in the extended content in <laughs> okay. here in a second. But um, I would love it for the, the members of Sexy Marriage Radio Nation to hear how can they find you? And I'll put all these details in, in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah. So I have a website. It's if you know how to spell my name, C-H-E-L-O-M-L-E-A-V-I-T-T.com. And I, I have a blog. I really get into the research there. We have some podcasts that we talk about my research or my graduate students' research. And, um, and then we also have some, some resources if you would like to participate in the Sexual Mindfulness Project. That's so good. And I'm so excited about just connecting with this because I think this is one of those things that is so uniquely profound that it's one of those like, how did we not come across this sooner? Right. Yeah. How did it, it just makes it because that's the whole thing. It's just like, it just makes sense. It so does. we just got to hop to it and, and do it. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting when people actually start to learn about sexual mindfulness. Um, initially, that's their response is, oh, that, that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then to apply it, it's a little trickier, right? Oh, totally. But, but we can get it. It just yep. takes practice. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you here in just a little bit longer. Well, it's interesting to me, Pam, on all the different years and shows we've done that um, sometimes they just flow like on the opening Mm -hmm. and and the show. It's like Mm -hmm. a, this nice little rhythm. And then sometimes it's like, man, you had to come in and rescue me on, I was fumbling all over the place. I think I actually interrupted you and that's why you fumbled because I Jumped in in the middle mid sentence. I mean, I can you. blame you for not being smooth with. No, I don't want to go there. You choose. You choose. <laughs> Nicely played, lady. <laughs> well, I love when we get people to come on board and help round out the conversations that we have. Yeah. Well, we get some experts in the field, and particularly some researchers, mm-hmm. because researchers help us ask better questions and seek better answers and frame things well. Isn't that the beauty of it? I, uh, it's what we tell our kids all the time. Ask questions, right? Yes. Don't be afraid to ask questions because that's how you're going to learn. That's Absolutely. how you make yourself humble and vulnerable when you recognize you don't have all the answers. That's perfectly say- stated. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, if we left something undone today that you'd like us to continue forward with, let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.